So typically we'd be in a, in a series right now. We'd cover a topic for three or four weeks and, and kind of just go over a general thought. But at this time of the year, um, it's kind of a freebie. It's the after Christmas, before the new year. And so uh, I usually spend this time just kind of looking back on the year and going, you know, what did God do? What is he saying? Uh, what adjustment do we need to make to be better into next year? Because if you don't pay attention, it's the whole uh, where you go, there you are. So just because the calendar flips doesn't mean we're different. Amen. And, uh, and so I think there's always like a retooling, a, a tune up, an adjustment that we need to make in life. And so looking at this year, one of the things that I was prayerful about and mindful about is just, hey, what do we not want to do next year? What do we hope to not see repeat itself into next year? And so this topic that I'm going to talk on today, I would say uh, I would put at the top of the list of how I saw the enemy work or how I saw people be deceived and, and sort of fall off their purpose or fall away from the way that God designed them to live and called them to live. And, and I just really saw this topic uh, be done poorly, or I saw the enemy kind of have his way uh, in this topic, and, and it did damage. You know, it did damage in people's lives. And, and we would meet with people and, and they would say, hey, this, and it all kind of boiled down to this same thing. And so today I want to talk to you specifically about the power of relationships. You know, if you were to go into a jail and interview people and say, hey, how'd you get here? They'd be like, well, I didn't, I didn't wake up one day and decide I was going to rob a bank. I didn't wake up and decide I was going to murder somebody. What actually happened is they begin to make compromising decisions throughout their life that led them to an extreme course. Well, what influences our decisions? A lot of times the way we choose and the way we interact is based on the influences in our life. And you could even boil those influences down to relationships. And so really the, the path that you walk and the direction that you've gone really all came down to what's influencing you. And so I'd say the same thing about our life. Nobody, none of us set out to, to fall or to, to miss our purpose or miss what God called us to do, but something along the way influenced us away from what God had for us. Amen. Because God uses relationships. And so uh, today's probably a real strong note-taking day, just, just if you got a phone that you can follow along and take some notes or some paper. Uh, but I just think heading into 2018, if we're mindful about the influences that we let in our life and the relationships that we let speak to us, I believe you can have a really successful year. Um, it's the old birds of a feather flock together. It's important for you to know the crowd that you're, that you're with and who's leading and influencing you. Amen? People that I saw taken out or missed the mark that God had for them, it wasn't because they weren't smart enough or they didn't have the resources enough to be successful. It's simply because the influences they allowed into their lives derailed them from what God had for them. And, and really, that's the power of relationship. Here's the thing about relationship is relationships are God's idea. So when I talk about relationships, I want you to think in terms of your friends, co-workers, co course spouses, your family. Uh, not all of it is just marriage. I'm talking about all these relationships that we give influence to. I mean, you can have relationships with TV shows. I mean, some of us gather influence and we gain, we, we're influenced by the things that we watch, the thought patterns, the way they talk, the way they literally act in shows that aren't even real. And, and it influences us. So you can have a relationship with a lot of things. Amen. And uh, so here's the deal. Relationship is God's idea. God's idea was for us to work and find success through relationship. In Scripture, one of the ways he talks about relationship is through this word called covenant. He says, hey, you know, covenant this, and I'll make a covenant with this. And, and it's the way that relationships essentially had agreement. 
Another word, and it's a scripture we'll get to in a minute, that was used was a yoke, talking about how you have a yoke-type relationship, which, again, we'll get to that in a minute, but that, that was, a, was a, a picture image of how two oxen would, would bind themselves together uh, to where when they would go about life or their workload, uh, they were so bound to one another that they were connected that way. So one example was like, hey, you're in a relationship that you're literally bound to that person. You're yoked to that person. And uh, that was a way that it was talked about. But God's idea for relationships is important. Why? Because relationships have strength. The thing about relationships is they have strength. The reason it's God's idea is because when you have right relationships and right influences, it gives you strength. Now, the truth about any truth is there's an opposite to it. If God says, hey, uh, relationships have strength in a positive way, they're there to help you, a negative relationship can also make you weak. A negative relationship has strength, and it has the ability to, to pull things down and to pull you off course and to take you in a direction that you don't want to go. Amen? So we need to know about relationships and how to navigate them. If you even take a look at Adam in the beginning of Scripture, there's Adam, and God created Adam, and he's looking at all that he made, and God says, uh, we made trees, and they're good, water, and it's good, land, it's good. It says all these things are good, and then he looks at Adam, who's alone, and he says for the first time in Scripture, ooh, that, that's not good, that man is alone. Essentially saying it's not good that mankind is not in relationship because he created us to be a people who are in relationship. So there's some of you in here that have been hurt. And so you're like, oh, I'm going to put up this wall and I'm just going to do me and I'm not going to have relationships and I'm not going to go deep. And, I'm, and that's not God's design for your life. God's design. He looks at that and says, oh, it's not good that you're letting yourself be alone. Amen. So find a way to get right relationships. And that's why we do community groups and all the book studies and all the different things we offer as a church is why? Because we're better when we're together, when we have right relationships. Amen. And so here's the truth. Anytime something is said to be good by God, the enemy know that he knows that he has to depower it by twisting it. So he's, oh, so God says relationships are good and they work to the advantage of the, the believer. I got to find a way to get in and steal the power from that. So what does he do? He puts you and puts people in your life and along your path that you're going to come into a relationship with that are negative and that are bitter and that are power hungry and that talk negative, and that tear things down. Why? Because it's then going to twist and do the opposite of God's design. So we need to be aware of these relationships that we're allowing in and that we're allowing to influence us because it could be taken away from the strength that God created your life to have. Amen? So the enemy twisted. I thought about it like this. God uses people to accomplish his will. The enemy uses people to accomplish his will. Right? God sends people on your path and, and, and you link up and it's right and, it, and it's strong, but then at the same time, negative people and certain things can get put in your life and the enemy uses it. I even thought about it this way. The original sin, we know Eve took a bite of the apple and Adam ate the apple and we say their sin is that they disobeyed God and that's the truth. But where it all started is Eve entered into an unhealthy relationship with the snake she allowed an influence from another relationship to speak to her about something that was the opposite of God. Amen? 
So God's over here saying, I love you. I care for you. Uh, I built this for you. And then the snake comes in and says, has God really said this? And begins to twist and begins to lie and begins to, and she gave relational influence to something that wasn't God. And it cost us. It still costs us today. Amen. That happens to us all the time. You have your eyes set on God. You have relationships set on the kingdom of God. And then the snake comes in and you begin to listen to the twist of what God really said. Amen. So one of the original sins goes all the way down to improper influence and relationship. Amen. I see it all the time. People will fall for this because it's easier right? That, that pestering snake, that thing just keeps coming and keeps coming. And so eventually they just go with the lie because it's easier than it is to confront it. Uh, I, we had people uh, a, a few years ago, someone was talking bad about the church, talking bad about the church to another person and talking bad and talking bad. So finally we met with the other person they were talking about and they said, I know what they were saying wasn't true, but it was just easier to go with them and believe them because then I didn't have to hear about it anymore. Do you know some of us do that in our life? There's things and situations that you go along with because it's just easier to go along with it than it is to stand up to it. And, and, and that's a wrong relationship. That's a believing a lie because relationally you're in the wrong place. Amen? And so I love this saying, a, a friend of mine from North Carolina, he's one of the nation's uh, largest used car dealers, and he puts up these different leadership blogs. And he was also talking about relationships, and he put this line on there. He, it's North Carolina, so it's a little south, so it's going to sound like that. But he said this, if you lie with the dogs, you will rise with fleas. And it's the truth. So many of us think that we're above it or we're exempt from anything getting on us. And we get in these dog relationships, and we run with these people we shouldn't, and we participate closely with these things that we shouldn't. And then all of a sudden, you wake up one day and realize why you're bit up and chewed up and itchy and your hair's all gone. Amen? You're like, how did this happen? Well, you've been running with the dogs. You've been letting those things influence on you. Amen? Uh, Ecclesiastes talks about Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, two are better than one. If one falls down, his friends can pick him up. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So it's saying there's strength in relationship. There's strength in numbers. People will be able to have your back and, and speak life into you and hold you accountable. It's important to have relationships. I thought about it this way, though. Our culture doesn't actually preach that. Our culture actually tries to preach to you, be about you. Make it about you. Create your own everything. iPod, iPad. You have Serta sleep number. Even your mattress has got to be about you. Amen. <laughs> Some of you that have that, we'll see you in the prayer room. You can repent for your adultery. <laughs> adultery. Uh, but but that's my parents have one, and that's what they're. They're. Je I'm jealous. You're right. I would just be grateful for a, a bed that doesn't have a kid in it. You know? <laughs> do they make? Do they make? <laughs> Do they make a bed that has a sleep number with one that's under children in it? That would be a good one. Or crumbs or water bottles or granola bars or Pop-Tart, anything that is not kid-related. Amen. I mean, I base my day on how good it's going to be based on what I wake up with attached to me. If it's food, I'm like, oh, this will be okay. If it's glitter, you know, then I'm like, this is going to be a harder day. She was wearing a princess dress in this bed, and, and uh, so anyway, that's the parent life, and we're adding to it. In case you didn't hear, Jess is pregnant, so, so much more in the bed. Yeah, soon, <laughs> soon you'll be like, he's got glitter on him right now. I see it. It was one of those nights. 
so culture tells us, I everything, I everything. You can have your own setting, your own custom everything. Make it all about you. But God's way is like, no, you're better together. You're better when you work as a body. You're better when you're in unity. You're better when you have each other's back and you work together and you care for each other. Amen? Because here's the thing. More than one brings perspective. Uh, having more than one or having a body and, and people that can see things differently brings perspective. Uh, we can throw that black and white photo up here. I want you guys to look at this, uh, and then we'll talk in just a minute about what you think you see. So take a good look at it. You got a pretty good idea what it is. How many here see the bunny? Like you see the rabbit, right? Bunch you see the rabbit. How many of you here see the duck? Like you see the bird, right? But the truth is about this room, and it happened in the other service. Uh, we can take that away. Actually, hold on. If I take it away now and you don't see both, people are going to be like, I didn't see the other. What's wrong with me? Okay. Everybody take a good look. See the bunny now? Like the eyes, the two ears coming back. It's a rabbit. Still nobody. Okay. Let's pray. Everybody bow your heads. We'll pray on it. There's a rabbit there. I promise there's a bunny there. It's got the ears. Uh, so there's a bunny, rabbit, however you want to call it. And then there's also a bird. See the beak? It's a beak and then an eye. And then there's a bird there. If you didn't get it by now, our prayer room's open at the end of service. But uh, go ahead and take that off. But here's the truth about this, is in both services, this room pretty much split on what they saw. And so the problem is when we live in this world of, I only need me, it only needs to be, even in our marriages, uh, you count that as one, just us, our perspective, my family, er, and we make it just this. You may be living your life only seeing one side of things. And it's not a healthy way to live. It's not right relationships. God called you to be with people who can speak into you and hold you accountable and show you the other side. Because there's usually an, a, another side to everything. Uh, I, I love this thought. If you think you're in a marriage, people say, oh, how, how's it going? How, how, how's everything going? We're doing great. Well, who says you're doing great? We do. We're doing great. This marriage is great. Well, how do you know? Well, because we say it is. Oh, so the two of you who are always around each other, live together every day, see each other every day, there's no possible way that you guys could potentially be missing a blind spot in your life. And I've heard it said like this, if you think your two's perspectives are total, you're greatly deceived. If you think just like what you see in a relationship is the total of the way it is, you're greatly deceived. That's why you need right relationships and, and, and giving uh, people speak life, all, all those things you need in your life. Why? Because you could be deceived. I thought about it like this. If your worldview, if you think your worldview is the worldview, you're greatly deceived. That's why we got to work together. That's why we got to be involved in things globally. That's why God's plan is missions and, and all of the ways that we see the world. Why? Because there's so much more than what we just see. Amen? Uh, I call them barstool friendships. What happens is we're going through things in life, and everybody in this room is guilty of this. You're going through things in your life that maybe somebody said something, or there's a struggle, or there's a situation, and you're trying to decide if you're right. You're trying to get somebody on your team to tell you that you're the right one and that you're doing it fine. And so we have these barstool relationships, which basically work like this, where, you know, you go to the bar. I'm not saying any of you ever have or ever will, but I'm just saying some people go to a bar and they sit down and, and they start telling their problems. And they go, oh, and I got this thing. And the barstool guy next to you is the guy that agrees with everything. Oh, you're right. You're so right. You should tell him off. You should quit that. You should punch him in the face, Right. And the barstool guy just agrees with everything. He's not going to challenge you. He's not going to speak life into you. He's not going to try to show you another perspective. 
And so those kinds of relationships in your life aren't exactly healthy ones. You want to call somebody who's going to challenge you. You want to get in a group or a small group with somebody who might be able to speak another perspective to you. Here's actually what you do. You go through a situation and you pick up the phone and the first person you're going to call is going to be the person that's going to agree with you, right? Like I want to call the person who's going to say, yeah, they are stupid and da, 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 and we and, and agree. I see it all the time as a pastor because guess who's the last one to know about stuff? Me. They don't call me and say, hey, I'm thinking I'm going through this thing. What? Because they might get a little perspective challenge. They might get a little, well, have you thought about this? Did you look at this? Because our natural tendency is to take the easy way out, the barstool relationship where they're just going to tell you what you want to hear. But you need relationships in your life that say, hey, no, have you thought about this way? Maybe that's not a good idea for you two to be that way. Amen? And so uh, I see it all the time. People sit down and say, how did we get here? we got here because it was this and we were going through this and you know we talked about it we thought it was okay we thought we could handle it and there was an outside perspective and it fell apart amen i thought about this uh we also have barstool activities god's called you to grow in something god's called you to make progress god's called you to maybe sacrifice and challenge yourself and make changes and instead of working on those things we run to the thing that just entertains us, the thing that tells you what you want to hear. I'm talking about hobbies and activities and things. Instead of, instead of being in a relationship that's going to challenge you, you know, we run to sports or we run to shopping or we run to TV or we run to movies. And all those things make us feel okay about ourselves, but they don't develop you relationally. They just pacify you from the problem. Amen? So you can even have activities that just tell you what you want to hear. But we need relationships in our life that challenge us and build us up. Amen? We've said this before, just because somebody agrees with you on social media doesn't make it a truth. No, I'm right because they clicked like on it. <laughs> uh, no, I'm right because someone else on the internet also thinks that way. Are you kidding me? Uh, it's, we need to be running to what the Word of God says about situations. But we go on things like Scary Mommy blog and, you know, we freak out. We think all our kids have cancer and all of our, like... Because our, nobody, that's none of you. <laughs> You've never Googled anything about your kid. Okay. I guess that's just me. <laughs> but we go online and we listen to all this secular blog writing and, and articles. And we gain all of our relational influence from people that don't even look to the word of God. They don't even look at what God says about it. Amen. And, 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 and so we got to be careful about just because it's on the internet doesn't make it a truth. We, we got to see what God's perspective is about it. So back to this being equally yoked. I think there's some power we can learn uh, from right relationships. 2 Corinthians 6.14. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, many of us would stop there and, and be like, oh, an unbeliever is someone who's not a Christian, somebody who's not following God. But I would actually say this. You can have people in your life that love God, serve God. They're saved but they also don't believe the way you believe. So don't attach up and don't link yourself uh, at the core with people who don't believe it the way you believe it. Like you, you've put your faith out there. You're making a great sacrifice. You believe God's called you to something and you're getting after it. And another good meaning Christian might not believe it the way you do. And so it's saying, don't even link up with that. Somebody who's not believing the way you believe. Amen. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? What fellowship can light have with darkness? So it's saying, why at the core are you linking yourself up with, with people and interactions and places that have nothing to do with the kingdom of God? 
Now, I'm not saying, hey, get on your high pedestal and never talk to a sinner, never talk to the lost, never be in places where, no, we want to be people who are an influence and a light. And you know that's the heart of this church is to go to the hurting and, and put them first. But we're talking about making them the core of your life. Somebody who's an influencer in your life shouldn't be somebody from the world. Amen? And so I'd say this. Uh, this is the example of this scripture. We all say, oh, we want the kingdom of God. Oh, we want to fulfill our, our call and our purpose and our destiny. We want God's best for our life. We want that. Then why would you let the world speak into that? They don't know anything about it. They don't know what, what fellowship can light have with darkness. How are they going to influence you? I thought about it this way. Let's say I was like, hey, I'm going to run a marathon. Just how we're like, we want the kingdom of God to move. We want God's best in our life. Let's say I was like, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to run this marathon, and that's God's call in my life, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run this marathon. All right, so how are you doing that? How are you, how are you taking ground on that? How are you growing in that? How are you, well, I'm really practicing my spelling. Just, I'm just really hitting my spelling words for that, for that marathon. Well, those two things don't go together. How, how would this one thing help this one thing? They're, they have nothing to do with each other. But do you know that we do that? We say, I want the kingdom of God. I want God to move in my life. And we let something way over here influence how we do this. And they don't even go together. The, the things we watch on TV, the influences, the books we read, the people we talk to, all of these influences, we try to put those into here and they just, they aren't even compatible. Amen? So it's saying, don't be kingdom influenced uh, by things that don't even go together. Here's a picture of a yoke. Um, if you take, these are going to be two oxen with the yoke put to them. And so what happens is uh, they put them together like this because they're actually better together. And so when they're first put together, um, they have to kind of learn how to work together in unity. And so uh, you'll see uh, one maybe pulling this way and it makes it harder for this one over here. And it's harder on the body and it's, it's harder for it to try to move. But when they get in sync after spending time together, after having the same vision and having the same influence and going after the same thing, uh, literally their step will get in sync. The way that they turn, the way that they lean for one another to make it easy for the other one all becomes a, a very powerful unified motion. That's God's desire for the body of Christ. For us to be so alongside each other, we can get rid of the oxen, cute ones, perfect. Uh, thank you. And so um, saying, hey, that's the body of Christ's plan. It's like, hey, be, be yoked up with somebody who's going to move in the right direction as you operate in the right direction, not somebody who's going to resist where you're trying to go. And we say, no, 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 I can handle it. I can go to that party. I can hang with those people. I can do that scene. I can listen to it that way. I can be this. I can look at that. I can be all this. But what you don't realize is you're getting yoked up in that, and it's going to make it harder for you. It's going to pull. It's going to nag at you. It's going to derail you and ruin your efficiencies. Amen? I, uh, I thought about it like this. Uh, they took a study with Clydesdales. And, you know, they linked them up together to pull different things. And back in the day, they would also plow. And uh, they would take a Clydesdale. The first one they took, and they measured what it could pull. And it did about 4,500 pounds. And then they took the second one, and they looked what it could pull. And it pulled about 4,000 pounds. So obviously, if you add those two numbers together, those Clydesdales together should pull about 8,500 pounds. But what they noticed is when they put them together, working together, they pulled well over 12,000 pounds. Why? Because we're better together. We're better when we're in right relationship, when we're synced up with the right thing going the right way. I mean, think about the numbers if they chose two different, drastic different animals 
and they tried to put them together and said, okay, now go pull the 12,000. It wouldn't work. Why? Because we got to be about the same thing. Amen? I thought about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Think about that scenario in their life where they say, hey, we're not going to bow. We're not going to give false worship. And, and so their judgment was to be burned. You know, they were going to be thrown in the fiery furnace. And imagine there's three of them there in relationship walking to it. Was there ever a plot of like, hey, what do you think about this to get out of this? What do you think about this to get out of this? No, they were in such right relationship. They encouraged one another all the way through and into the fire. We need those kinds of relationships that say, hey, I know it's going to be a trial. Hey, I know it's going to be a fire, but we're with you. We're believing God's best for you. Amen? Uh, I'll close with this. There's a uh, really cool study done about how Canadian geese fly. And so, of course, they have the V formation when they fly. And uh, what's awesome about it is they've studied it and they've noticed that as each bird flaps its wing, it creates an uplift for the following bird. By flying in a V formation, the whole flock can fly 71% further than if it flew on its own. When a goose flies out of formation, it suddenly feels the drag and resistance of trying to go alone. It quickly gets back into formation and takes advantage of the lifting power of the bird in front of it. When the lead goose gets tired, it rotates to the back of the formation and another goose flies to point position. The geese flying in formation honk from behind to encourage those up front to keep up their speed. I wonder if that's what Ephesians 4.29 is alluding to, and it works the same way when it says, Do not let any corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but speak what is good and necessary for encouragement that it may impart grace to those who hear it. I wonder if us, like those geese, if we get in formation with right relationships, if we, if we aim ourselves in a way that we say, that's the plan, that's the purpose. I'm not going to allow any compromise into this formation that will continue to, to go in that uplifting power. And, and as we get alongside and behind one another, we, we cheer them on. And, and many of you have heard it as they fly over their, your house, they're honking and they're cheering one another on. And some of you terrible people shoot them down in that point. <laughs> Uh, but I just wonder about our lives. Like, shouldn't we be in the same formation? Shouldn't we find a way that we can come together and, and cheer one another on? And, and when somebody falls out, we quickly say, no, get, get back in. Get back in this uplifting power. Get back in and feel the force of the body of Christ working together. Amen? But many of us get out of formation and we start to compromise with another relationship. And, and you fall out of the direction that God has for you. That's why 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character or, or morals is another way of saying it. Like you can't fake this thing. You can for a little while. You can deceive a few people. But when you're running in relationships that are not of God and you're getting into situations that are corrupt and you know they are, don't be misled. It's going to end poorly because those kinds of compromising situations destroy good character. Amen? So get back in formation, repent, get back in formation. All of us think we can handle it. No, I got this. I can handle it. I can handle it. Don't be misled. You can't allow compromise in. Amen? So find a V. Find something that's like a V. A V. Anybody in here connecting with me yet? <laughs> get in that V and fly together. Get in formation. Let that up uplifting power carry you. 
And when someone falls aside, we're going to get them back in so that we can go. Amen. So my prayer for you this year, 2018, is that one, God brings you people, right people, right relationships with the right plans and the right resources and all that you need to do what God has called you to. But I also am going to pray for you and, and you're going to keep your eyes open and your hearts pure that when those wrong relationships come, when the enemy tries to use people to twist what God wants to do, uh, that you can discern it and you can speak against it and you don't fall for it. Amen. So I'll pray for us, but let's go home this week and just say, okay, God, what are, what are the things relationally? And they don't even have to be people, but what are things relationally that I'm letting influence me in a way that I may lose my character? I may my morals may be corrupt here and then pray that God takes and remove those from us. Amen. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. I, I ask for every one of us in here, including myself, God, that you give us the eyes to see um, the ways that we're poorly influenced, that we've let negativity, we've let um, the dogs of life uh, just influence us in a way that uh, we're running with fleas. We have places in our lives that that are irritable and they're biting at us and they're, and they're doing damage. God, we pray that you just, you come in in a way that you shine a light on corruption. God, we're not gonna be ill or speak evil of anybody or, or, or talk down to or uh, be nasty, but God, help us step out of situations that we don't need to be in. God, I pray that you use us. If you have us in places where we're called to be a light, Lord, help us be that light. Help us shine your kingdom power in the places that there's darkness. God, I pray that you're giving us all the boldness to correct our lives in the way they need correcting. In Jesus' name, amen.